I was going to say, how how do you actually? Because you can't start something like this by going Jeff Lester, because you know that's that seems weirdly disrespectful, right? Well, you know, I got to tell you. So, uh, although although let's be honest, if anyone would enjoy this shouting of someone's name, it's, no it's kidding, right? <laughs> <laughs> I do love. Uh, okay, before I go into this, let me say very quickly, uh, hello, whatnots. I'm Jeff Lester. That's Graham McMillan. We're here. Normally, we uh, have a Baxter building scheduled in this place, and we're actually going to record one of those. But because uh, Stanley passed away uh, this week, it seemed kind of weirdly, like, imperative that uh, we we sort of uh, address it in a podcast fashion, even though... I'm not sure either of us have settled thoughts about it. So, so in case you're wondering what the heck this is, that's what this is. It's going to be just a, a relatively brief thing where we have to acknowledge um, uh, the passing of a guy who who really did. I think it's it's easy to say changed comics. But to get back to what I was going to say is, I do love because somebody I think it was Arnie Hammer or whatever tweeted something like, "Oh, it's you know." Really great to see people, you know, sort of uh, show their sadness for the passing of Stan Lee by showing pictures of themselves with Stan or something, you know. And somebody else replied and was like, I can't think of anything that would make Stan Lee more happy than famous people, you know, showing off pictures that they've taken with him. And I, I just thought that was so on point, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, yeah, Absolutely. I, I've got to ask, um, I don't want to do the, do you remember where you were? But, <laughs> well, no, because, like, so I, I work at the Hollywood Reporter, right? Mm-hmm. And so we found out before it was confirmed, if that makes sense. Of course, yeah. Right. And there's this really weird limbo you have mm-hmm. where, you, like, you pretty much believe it because you're like, he's 95 years old. Exactly. He's, he's been sick. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, as far as like um, hoaxes go, mm-hmm. like it seems weirdly cruel to do a hoax about Stanley dying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? But there's this odd thing where it's like, I hope it's not true, but I pretty much believe it's true. Right. You know, and I was in that limbo for like 20 minutes or half an hour before it was confirmed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's just this really odd thing mm-hmm. where you're like, huh? Like it's almost like you get to rehearse. Right. Your response to it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because it's not real, even though you kind of know it's real. Yeah. Right. So it was a, it was a very strange thing. And, and it, it's, um, I, how do you feel about it? Like, I'm, I honestly have had this strange thing where I'm like, he was 95. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I saw someone, I, I honestly can't remember who, but I saw someone be like, gone too soon. <laughs> and I was like, are you joking? He was almost 100 years old. Like, how long did yeah. you think he should live? Right. And, I, I, you know, that sounds really ghoulish to say, but he was 95 years old. Like, he lived a long life, Jeff. Oh, yeah. No, I agree. And And I would actually go a step further and say the last couple of years, I mean, as we saw in the media were not good ones for him. Like, it'd be yeah, one thing... just the opposite. Yeah. He had, a, he had a really rough couple of years just there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm sure people who listen to us, you know, follow this stuff enough to know 
Um, but, you know, Stan had gotten in situations where, uh, there were allegations of elder abuse. There were clear, there, at one point, there was were... clearly being taken advantage by at least one party, if not every single fucking person around him. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like the sort of period of equilibrium that we hit relatively recently for Stan before he passed in the last few months involved sort of a, a semi-reconciliation with his daughter who like it was very hard to, who with whom he had apparently had an incredibly contentious relationship and um it i mean the amount of disinformation that was swirling around stan it's, and stan's it's the thing. people you, i mean you yeah. you really have no idea because as you said like he he just essentially reconciled with his daughter yeah but just before that the person who had taken charge of his affairs, who by all reports is extremely untrustworthy, yeah. but had made some very serious allegations That's right. that the daughter and those around the daughter were also being abusive towards them. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it, it, it's very difficult to to ignore that. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I mean, and also, uh, Joan died last year. Two years ago, uh, like I think it was a few wife, years back. Yeah, and that and that really like threw fairly things. recently. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so it, it's it really has been this. I mean, it's been really tragic. Stan's last few years have been genuinely just tragedy That's after right. tragedy after tragedy, yep. and you know, more and more reports were coming up, or even videos coming up, where Stan. Yes, genuinely did not look like he knew what was going on. Yeah, he 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 you looked know, in bad that, shape. That was, he was addled. Was very, yeah, very mm-hmm. and there were there were points where again his handlers and it seemed like they were taking advantage of him were making him like post videos or pictures where he insisted that he was in fine shape and not you know being taken advantage of that apparently later since that person got rid of you know w- dispelled by the court basically told him to stay away were not true like it just sounds like a horrible time frankly so there is a way where it's like sure if stan had been sort of you know if joan was still in the picture if he'd been in sort of in on better terms with his uh daughter at least at the time you know if he'd been surrounded by a big happy loving family it it would have been one thing i guess i mean you know it's then but even still it's like someone goes at 95 it's kind of like okay that's 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 you gotta you had a good run there you know what i mean like so it's a it is a little hard to say like oh shoot yeah no gone too soon but but by the same token, separate from it, it just really seemed like the quality of Stan's life was not great. Dis, you know, despite his, um, despite his all of his various uh, cameos, I guess. You know, I know uh, this. I think I said this when it was reported last year, or maybe even earlier this year. I, I want to say it was last year, though. Um, Marvel filmed a lot of cameos in advance. Yeah, that's what you'd said, right? Um, and there's something there's something that was really gross about that at the time, mm-hmm. because it was very cynically going, ah, he's not in the best shape. Let's get the most out of him while we can. Mm-hmm. But there's something more gross about it now. <laughs> I mean, even if Stan had only filmed cameos for things that were in production mm-hmm. right now, mm-hmm. we'd still have at least three right. Stanley cameos to come. Right. But the idea that like there's more beyond that mm-hmm. is 
is really ghoulish to me. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, if it's 2020 and we're still seeing Stan cameos, there's something... And I know people are going to be like, that's the greatest tribute they could have paid him. <laughs> no, it's not. It's really not. Well, if it makes you feel better, Graham, weren't you the one who told me that it was uh, it was James Gunn who actually sort of wrote and directed yeah, I think most it was. of those? I, I think it was. So maybe between the two, Disney and Marvel are just going to be like, you know what, let's just never release these... Until the, you know, until 30 years from now when we can really cash in big with the last Stanley cameos or something, you know. Oh, God, I, it's just, yeah, it, it, everything about it just seems weirdly ghoulish. Um, something else I've, I've enjoyed is definitely not the right word. Something else I've been, it's not amused me, but it's, it's like it's been something I've been paying attention to is, the the response the response to his death not only in terms of like some of the worst tributes I can imagine uh, but also well no because I, I I think I showed you this the, there was a cartoon that was Stan arriving in heaven and all the Marvel bullpen are like it's about time you got here yeah. and he's like sorry guys I've got to go talk to my wife which is just on every level terrible yeah, 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 yeah. like on every level just terrible but um but also the number of people like uh, like snarking about other people's responses, right? Like it's it's been, and you knew that when Stanley died, like even in advance, even before this happened, you knew that it was going to be like you know war of the hot takes, mm. and it, it very much was. Mm. But there's just been something exhausting about seeing people be like, you know, I can't believe they said that Stanley actually co-created Wolverine. And right. it's like, you know, one error. Or or even that, it's, you know, it comes from someone who genuinely was a fan of the guy and didn't know better. Right. You know, it's like, oh, shut up. Like, yeah. it doesn't matter. It really fucking doesn't matter. No, I agree. And, and that's kind of that weird thing. I, it, that is part of this weird thing, actually, is sort of the um, trying to... F- because because I didn't want to step on anyone else's feelings uh, about it. I mean, I, I think maybe I've just been on social media long enough to where whenever I think about sharing my own hot take, I realize sort of how exhausted I am by the judginess of everyone else's hot take. You know what I mean? So it's just, especially if the hot takes like the other person's doing it wrong or either they're grieving too much or too little or there's, you know, I mean, I, I actually, perhaps because of that, I kind of appreciated a lot of people who marched in and kind of said like, he was a complicated person. People are complicated. Uh, he leaves behind a complicated legacy. On the one one hand, not maybe not satisfying for a lot of people, but at least for me, I found that like a in a weird way a more refreshing and honest kind of thing than you know Stanley skull fucked the comics industry slash Stanley gave birth to the comics industry. Yeah. You know? No. No. Exactly. Exactly. And and you know. Stanley is complicated mm-hmm. slash Stanley is problematic yeah. is is true. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like it it, it just is. Yeah. He did he did a lot of shitty things. Mm-hmm. He did a lot of selfish things. Mm-hmm. But he also did a lot of good. Mm-hmm. And and I think it was Tegan O'Neill who who made this point as well. Like Stan got fucked over as well. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. In fact, I think Tegan's piece over the comics journal, I was like, okay, we got to make a point to A, drop, sort of drop a reference to it, because I thought that it was actually a pretty satisfying 
read uh, in that sense. Um, and I also figured if we didn't cover anything really pertinent, if I just put a link in the show notes, I'd feel like, okay, well, you know, people can't complain if they follow the link, they'll at least get something out of that, you know. But but like but you know that I think that's true and I think that's always forgotten, mm-hmm. you know, because because Stan does provoke these responses mm-hmm. where it's you know he's he he you know he did it all or he did nothing, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the idea of like he did some things and he also got fucked by the machine. That's right. Is like you said unsatisfying to a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. But it's also true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, it it is true. And I think that's kind of the, you know, we always would love to think that every person sort of exists independent of their circumstances and sort of, you know, manages to transcend them into this sort of state of impressive movie biopic humanity that sort of, you know, supersedes like the values of their time to you know more accurately reflect the values of our time or whatever and exactly yeah and the fact is stan stan was man what a what an uh, he's such a product i think of so many factors uh you know of his environment the the way in which he did end up how do I how do I put it? Like I feel like now there's a <laughs> Graham. There's a way in which you know instant celebrity no longer means what it used to. You know, but uh, but I I I do sometimes think that 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 a guy who really at 36 or 37 years old, you know, you think that person's life is locked down, and mm-hmm. considering Stan was what. 39 when he, you know, scripted, uh, wrote the dialogue for FF number one. Like, that, that really does put the lie to it. Cause I mean, that is a guy who had like, you know, if Scott Fitzgerald said there's what, no second, uh, acts in American lives, and it's like, uh, Stan Lee's like all second act. You know what I mean? Like, it's barely... Oh, no, but he's, he's not. He's also, like, think of the third act of Stanley. Oh, yeah. Well, the third act is the act that's just, like, yeah. Yeah, after he stops writing comic books regularly, he the strange... At least that's what I'm thinking of is his third act, is his life in Hollywood. No, no, no. It's for me as well. Basically, when he steps away from Marvel Comics. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, it's... Uh, you know, Stanley's life just becomes this really strange, I mean, a genuinely strange thing. Um, something that I, something that I will tease, but cannot properly talk about yet, mm-hmm. is I'm doing something for THR that I think is probably going to break on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. But it has to do with, like, Stan had all these other projects. Mm. Like, you know, uh, not just... And I think it was Matt Terrell said this in an email to me this week. Like, there's a certain generation for whom Stanley was the voice of the cartoons. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. But he was the guy who wrote the comics at all. He was the voice of the cartoons. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, there's a generation now where he's the guy who cameos in the movies. That's right. But there's also, like, you know, he kept on trying to, to make movies. Mm-hmm. You know, or, or, and, or, you know, he, he, there was Stanley Media. There was, was it called Pow? Pow, yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the company. Mm-hmm. You know, there's all these different things where like he, he kept on trying to do 
I was going to say he kept on trying to do other things, and that's not true. A lot of them are other people essentially cashing in his name. Right. And him happily going along with it. Yep. Um, but there is this, like, Stanley, the idea of, like, Stanley as cautionary tale of celebrity mm-hmm. and of people believing in their own myth mm-hmm. is, is, is exceptionally strong. Yeah. Like, you know, you, you mentioned biopic. There's a, a wonderful, if ultimately really upsetting biopic to be made about Stanley. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, no, and it, God, I, I, you said that, and I'm like, oh, Jesus, I'm, I'm sure that, I'm sure someone's trying to hammer down the contract. Exactly. I'm sure it's literally in process right now. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. would be really surprised if someone's not already at work on that. But it's just, like, ultimately, Stan is, like, complicated is the best descriptor for Stanley. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And in a, and in a way it makes sense because the American comics industry was um was complicated before Stan came along and Stan definitely changed the face of it but it was but it it remained very complicated afterward you know um, what's what's funny is like Stan did change the face of it and and you know in in very in many ways like mm-hmm. not just the comics themselves in the way that like people consider creators yes you know well, in turning yeah. creator into celebrity it's right. very much Stan mm-hmm. um, but in many ways also I feel like he just made comics more of what comics was uh how, how so I I um in the Stan simultaneously raised the profile of of individual creators. Mm-hmm. But he also weirdly devalued creator's power, I think. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Um, I see exactly what you're you saying. You know, by, by, yeah, so it, it's just, like, I feel like he just, he took a different tack to doing what the comics industry was already doing. Well, you know, I, I think that, I think there's probably something to that. Uh, I, I was actually surprised when I, um, started reading uh, some of the EC facsimile comics from the 50s, uh, some of the stuff that was getting republished, you know, in the kind of the early 2000s and things. Um, some of the later stage stuff like, you know, psychiatry and pirates. Uh, and reading the EC had a lot of, they had their own little in-house, uh, editorial pages and those pages had their very distinct voice and it was it was somewhat jokey like i was kind of fascinated to see the extent to which uh stan clearly had read those at the time and must have admired them and when it was time to really sort of bring them back like really kicked it into the next gear and so the thing that is funny is is that yes, I feel like Stan somehow managed to up the stakes at the same time, sort of in the way that you said that cartoon of him showing up and there's the bullpen gang who who are all there to welcome him into heaven is like that that is Stanley's creation. The idea of the bullpen in the Marvel is like one big sort of happy family, you know, is is Huge, like he really did have that emphasis um, in a way that that you know uh, DC at the time did not, and so his sort of somehow in creating 
in bringing the creators to the forefront, but all insisting that they were sort of all one big happy family and they were just always clowning around in the offices together and that little flexi record where he's like, oh, and hey, here's Jack Kirby coming up now. What you doing now, Jack? You know, kind of thing is just such a... Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like that, like you said, it's almost like that myth is the is like, you know... Stan's greatest creations are Stan and then and then Marvel but the Marvel in the sense of the bullpen that makes it sound like it's the creators doing it and editorial is just kind of along for the ride you know and that it's amazing how much of how many people and I very very much put myself in the front ranks of that bought that and believed that even as like I grew up reading comics that were not written by Stan Lee, but everyone had to write in the Stan Lee house style. And a lot of those people, some of it was because they genuinely kind of loved that voice and couldn't couldn't wait to write Ben Grimm and couldn't wait to, you know, kind of have that the 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 feeling of writing those little jokey editorial um editorial box callouts or whatever uh, mm-hmm. but but at the I don't know but at the same time it's well, I, I, I bought mean, it I don't, you know yeah well I mean I remember when I started reading comics Marvel comic every Marvel comic started with Stanley Presents exactly yeah uh, to the point where that still seems mm, like Marvel comics that don't have that and they haven't had that in like 20 years right but they somehow seem less Marvel comic-y. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know? Well, which is funny because I think you started you started reading, well, started reading. You'd read you read a, a wide breadth of Marvel comics. Um, you know, in the 80s that included a lot of stuff in the 70s. And one thing that I feel that I've learned from us doing the Baxter building is seeing the way in which the Marvel comics of the 80s were kind of putting a little wedge between them and Stan's voice. Like, the characters still had their own voices, but, you know, but you had less of the, you know, holy cow, true believer, don't understand what's going on in this splash page, don't worry, we're just too busy to tell you, but we'll fill you in, turn the page now, kind of thing. Like, that's the sort of shit you don't end up seeing by the time you get to, you know, the stage of the FF comics that you and I are reading, DeFalco is very much uh, an outlier and an, an anachronistic, but that used to be the way that the entire company wrote across the line, like you said. So there's that mm-hmm. weird thing of, like, Stan was there, and as long as it was Stan Lee Presents, it was easier to think that it was um, that it was not of, you know... A, a faceless corporation or, you know, a company made up of a lot of different individuals with a lot of different and competing interests, you know, which mm-hmm. as time has gone mm-hmm. on, some of that interest is a lot to do with money, you know, like that was sort yeah, of yeah. weirdly easy to put aside, you know, hate to bring everything back to this, and I probably will for the next couple of months, but having been in Japan, like, you know, there's all these mascots. Like, everyone's got some sort of cute mascot. Like, we were in Kyoto, and we crossed a bridge, and literally the gift shops had a mascot that was 
the bridge. It was like a human personification of the bridge. It's like this faceless, it was a, it was not a good mascot, let me tell you that. Like it sort of looked like a person with a bad back, uh, and that bad back is the bridge. But you know, there's all sorts of that. I feel like Stan Lee is kind of, was kind of, is uh, definitely in the films and is the cartoons, like he really became sort of their cartoon mascot. He was like, you know, sort of a real life Pokemon in that sense who just sort of popped up and you were like, oh, hey, it's Stan Lee. I, I love this guy, this warm feeling that I have for, you know, this, this faceless corporation that I think is like, you know, embodied by a scrappy, cheerful, little old man that, you know, when it's really a right. bunch of, yeah, you know, power-hungry megalomaniacs and multimillionaires, and in the case of Hollywood, like, among the most successful filmmakers, you know, anywhere. It's kind of, it's not the same thing, you know? So... It, it's very, I'll be very curious to see how Marvel Studios, uh, essentially how they move on from Stan. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's 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 very ghoulish, but Stanley dies at the time where like Marvel Studios is essentially going to have to relaunch. Right. You know, like with the next Avengers film, the original cast are going to go, mm-hmm. and so they have to they have to start over or grow or something between the two, and they're also ideally question mark going to have to do that without the Stanley cameos as well. Yep. Are we going to see? other cameos like are they going to try and fill that gap and if they do with who yeah i know are we are we we going to see kevin feige cameos (laughs) you know what i what i i think that they should do and this is spoilers i don't think they should do this but what they need to do is they need to digitally insert the stanley turning to dust at the end of this Infinity War, like now no, that it's out digitally, no. and then they just never, they just never bring him back. He's just the half that, like Thanos wipes him out, and then that's it. It's gone. Incontinuity explanation. I'm honestly like Jeff. That's disgusting. I know, I know, it really is. Well, but see, that's it. There's no way to really handle it, you know. Um, oh. Well, no, there is. Like you just like you just never do it again. Well, yeah, they you never you know do it mean? again. Like, and, yeah. He's dead. Yep. Like you just never do it. You don't even mention it. You just like you just accept that everyone understands he can't cameo anymore. He's dead. What about this? What about this? Him in bed with Carrie Fisher in the last Star Wars movie. Oh, does this mean we're done? I think we, it was, <laughs> if we put to here, I think we're done. Yeah. I know it's kind of. I'm sorry because it really is like the the embodiment of the too soon. You know, Graham. The thing that was really funny is the only real valid point that I was going to say is I kind of can't believe that I lost my dad and Stan Lee in the same year. Um, and that sounds really weird to say. Uh, but no, I, I. Here's the thing. I totally understand that. Yeah, it's weirdly true. It's weirdly true. I know I dropped this story once in our hundreds of uh, podcasts maybe but hopefully just once but I remember my dad uh, telling me that Stan he thought Stanley was a hack and I was like 12 or 13 years old and I was I was mortally offended and this is the thing this was during the Stanley presents era I had just bought a comic which was ironically enough I recall it quite clearly it was the Marvel 
uh, premiere or Marvel Spotlight, I can't remember that part, of Howard Chaikin's Monarch Starstalker, you know? And and Dad looking through it and being just like, you know what, I think Stanley's a hack, and he's just selling you any old crap. And I was like, Dad, no! You know? <laughs> Which is hilarious, because I'm like, on the one hand, Stan didn't really care. He wasn't quality controlling these things at all, and I'm sure that in a way, you know, my dad was closer to right in some ways. The fact that my dad did it over, like, a Howard Chaikin comic, when it's clearly Chaikin was trying to do, creating his own character and t- trying to tell his own story and trying to do something that was idiosyncratic. I mean, not as idiosyncratic as Chaikin goes on to later become, but, like, basically calling out one of the, you know, future successful comic auteurs as like, you know, the the exemplification of this sort of shows you kind of how like not quite right dad was. But I think of that story a lot and the the fact that I sort of lost them both in, you know, one year is weird because there was that point where I was I was mortally offended on Stan's behalf behalf. And there was a weird mm-hmm. way in which my dad was attacking him like as much out of some weird form of jealousy as anything, and yeah, well, but that's that's the thing, and that's the thing that I think a lot of people haven't actually really reckoned with, mm-hmm. which is one of the reasons that Stan's death is such a thing mm-hmm. for culture, but really for comic culture, is the number of people for whom Stanley is like a surrogate father's figure mm-hmm. and they have not really reckoned with that yeah. is very high. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's absolutely right. You know, which I think is probably why some of these hot takes just feel like a little like weirdly I don't want to say blasphemous, but they just feel they feel wrong and there's also a lot of impatience with it that I had that I have that I think is tied very specifically to this, you know, um, to this idea of like, oh, just go away with you. You know what I mean? Like, I, I just don't have time for your foolishness. Because there is a lot of like, we don't, I, I know I ha- I know I haven't come to terms with the, the with my dad's death. Uh, and so the stuff with Stan is just kind of in this weird limbo, you know, uh, emotional mm-hmm. limbo that I think is, Hopefully, because I, you know, I'm a semi-healthy human being. He's very, very far in the shadow of my dad's death. But there's a way in which there is a reflection of fatherly mortality in that. And and I well, and and, and to be fair, I I'm not like I think you would have had a different reaction if it had happened at a different time. Sure. Yeah, if they if if that if my dad was still alive or like Stanley had kicked off a few years ago, maybe it'd be I think it would be weirdly easy for me to be um I don't know. Uh, yeah, to to feel more gobsmacked by it. I don't necessarily think that I feel that much about it and I'm not sure when or how I will, but definitely in the course of talking about this is that kind of weird thing of like, yeah, I I did love Stanley sort of uh not quite like a father, but father-ish, like a cartoon of a father. You know what I mean? Like he's the way that we might have a, a love as a kid for a beloved icon, like Mickey Mouse or Snoopy or something like that. Stanley's closer to that, you know? Um, and because I've put away my childhood by many, many, many years, it, it does seem a little harder in a way to access, but but it is, but I do, I can't, 
it seems it it would seem weirdly shitty to to not acknowledge that love and that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know to say that it never existed because it did hugely for me yeah yeah so so I guess maybe that's really the the one reason why I felt like maybe we should you know inflict this on ourselves and the viewers <laughs> was, well and. and- but honestly, like that also seems like a best the best place to leave it as well. Yeah, I think so as well. Yeah. You know, to leave it at the for all you know, we've just spent half an hour saying Stan Lee is complicated, but I think it would be a lie to say that we don't all have complicated feelings about Stan Lee mm-hmm. that go beyond him as a person. Yeah, that's right. You know, because there is something uh, comforting and deeply. Uh, again, this entirely depends on what when you grew up on what era of comic fan you are Mm -hmm. but there is something very uh, nostalgic and very primal and very raw about the idea that like Stanley presents Marvel Comics Stanley is Marvel Comics Stanley is comics yeah you know yeah and so really there there is a lot of like you said you see the hot takes and there is just like I can't even respond to this Mm -hmm. mm-hmm mm-hmm yeah yeah, definitely. Uh, and it is. It's like you said, like depending on the era, there's people that, you know, as you and Matt point out, for whom it's the his voice or for whom it's him popping up in all those uh, movies, Marvel's movies and the other movies. You know what I mean? Like, well, that's just it, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's all the fuck over the place. Yeah, he really is. He really is. I know someone's put together a super cut of all of his cameos and I've kind of want to sit down and watch them in a way but um, yeah but I also kind of like do I really want to or I don't know anyway um, I think I managed to, to foul the waters up just as we were almost clear but Graham you were right complicated feelings complicated man complicated old world I guess so Mazel Tov or whatever I don't know I guess Mazel Tov's not right is it I feel it's very not right, but it also feels it also feels ideal. <laughs> what, what, what's, what's actually sad about that mm-hmm. is um, on 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 the day he died, someone on Twitter and I can't find this tweet, and it's actually really annoying me. Said the phrase is not rest in peace. There's there's a there's another phrase. Uh, that that you should use to to respect his faith, and I can't find the tweet, and I can't remember the the phrase, mm-hmm. um, and it, it really has annoyed me. <laughs> so I'm like, damn it, I know I'm doing this wrong. In, in large part because the phrase that was used was was genuinely beautiful, it was it was really poetic, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I I say this purely to cover for Mazel Tov, Jeff. Yes, but uh, well, yeah, because yeah. I I knew some of the phrases from the Kaddish, the Kaddish. Which, ironically enough, I wrote when Steve Gerber passed, um, and I could probably dig them up, and they are indeed beautiful. But I, I was like, be, because I'm such a cl- such a human clown, I figured it was better to actually, um, you know. Plus, I'm afraid, considering how goofy my internet connection is, that I'll open a web browser and we'll like lose this whole call. So, so <laughs> we'll just leave it to be one of the mysteries, one of the one of those amazing mysteries. Um, Graham, do you think is there anything that we should say before we before we sign off in that sense? 
No, I, I, honestly, I think I think we can leave it at this. I think, I, honestly, you know, it sounds facile to say he'll be missed uh, on any level beyond the fact that like someone has died, because it's not honestly as if he's been a creative force in the industry for like three decades, right? Um, and honestly, none of us knew him either, right? Exactly. So, you know, it's it's sad that he's dead, but also it's not tragic because he was 95 years old and as we said he's had a terrible few years yep and things were clearly not good in his life yeah. um yeah everything check everything about this is complicated the end <laughs> <laughs> there we go perfect perfect i feel i feel like we've had our most uh beckett-esque uh podcast ever i you know You've you've been complicated, and I've been a clown, and uh, we we therefore covered the spectrum of of, of human existence. So, um, thanks everyone for tuning in. Uh, we're gonna let that sucker lie, and then uh, feel free to hang around uh, and check us out in with an episode of the Baxter Building that's coming up next. By which I mean it'll probably show up before this episode because that's the way we roll. 